Hey guys, it's Laura. Before we start the podcast, I just wanted to say that I hope all of you are staying safe, sanitizing, checking in with loved ones. Angela and I are thinking about all of you. We pre-recorded this podcast a few weeks ago. The news has definitely changed since we recorded it. So some of the things we talk about um, might sound a little dated in terms of we don't know if Angela's wedding is going to happen and um, things like that. Angela has since canceled her wedding. Okay, not canceled it. She's postponed it. Uh, You know that if you follow her on Instagram. Uh, So we hope this podcast makes you laugh and send us a note about how you're doing and what's going on with you. And we're thinking about you guys. Now let's start the show. This is a HeadGum Podcast. This is why you're single. 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 Ba, 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 ba. Welcome to the This Is Why You're Single podcast. I'm Laura Lane. And I'm Angela Sparrow. We are the co-writers of the book, This Is Why You're Single. Every week we highlight a different dating topic. This week's episode is relationship maintenance. Yes, it's something that you always need to keep in the back of your head. And it's something that can easily be kind of forgotten, especially when you're in the middle of a global pandemic. But you know, we're living in close quarters. A lot of people are working from home with their partner. You can be on top of each other. So it's important to just keep in mind some relationship maintenance. Also in the lineup, we're talking about what's new in dating news, podcasts you should listen to based on your Zodiac sign, including ours, and a guide to couples therapy. Then we're diving into the mailbox to answer your listener questions, including one crazy dating profile that we had to share And another listener who is worried that a message she sent a guy has scared him off. But first, Angela, it's just you and I this week. What is going on in your week? So totally unrelated to the health crisis that the world is facing right now, I've recently decided to get my shit together and start seeing a bunch of doctors, which if you are like me and and you drag your feet when it comes to making doctor's appointments... I'm here to tell you that what everybody tells you is true. You should just freaking do it because I talked about on the podcast before I have some gastro issues and I was always going to a gastro doctor to deal with those issues because that made sense to me. Um, But I wasn't getting really any answers. So I decided to branch out and I made appointments with a nutritionist and a gyno Um, and turns out it takes a village. My team of doctors working together have, I think, maybe sort of figured out what's going on with me, which is very exciting. Um, This is amazing. It is amazing, but the result is a little upsetting. So, well, okay, so this part is not upsetting. This part is very common. My gyno thinks, and I'm waiting on the blood work to get back, so I can't confirm, but it seems likely that I have PCOS, which is, I think she's like 8 to 10% of women have it. What does that stand for? More and more, I hear people having it. It's polycystic ovarian syndrome, I believe, which means that I have cysts on my ovaries. Um, and there's like, the, the way, first of all, the way she was tipped off was uh, I have irregular periods, which is a symptom of that. Um, but then the what was hilarious was the night before I went to the gyno, I went to Laura's feminist uh, fairy tales book launch. And because I was there, kind of late. I woke up sort of late and I didn't have time to shave my legs, which I typically like to do before I go to the gyno. Um, But then I was like, whatever. You know what? I went to a feminist book launch. I'm being a feminist. We all have body hair. I'm embracing my body hair. No big deal. Um, And turns out that was a good call because she was able to tell from my happy trail on my tummy and the pattern of 
how my hair grows on my upper leg. She was like, this is also um, a what? symptom of PCOS. I had no idea that the way your hair grows could could be a sign of PCOS. That I've never heard of. Typically, like, yeah, if you're like a little hairier, it doesn't necessarily definitely mean that, but it could be a, a tip off. She was like, I have sideburns. Because when she said that, she was like, did you ever notice that? And I was like, yeah, I just thought it was Italian. And she was like, <laughs> listen, I have sideburns. All my sisters have sideburns. We thought it was like our cultural heritage, but no, I have PCOS and all my sisters have it. So I was like, fascinating. So this is exciting. We're getting close to answers, but turns out, oh, and so what like kind of led me to think everything was linked also was from the nutritionist. I have cut out gluten for the most part. Um, and since doing that, my period came a little early and very light and it was just like, it felt like nothing. And I was like, this is weird. Um, yes. Yeah, so it turns out gluten is not good for you if you have PCOS. Oh, and no, that's, so, that's one of my favorite things. Well, luckily, me too. luckily, um, even though you don't have celiac disease, there are a lot of gluten-free options in the world in terms of cookies and bread. And yes. All my, cl- my, uh, luckily corn- you live in Brooklyn. Ex- oh, I'm so blessed to live in Brooklyn. Let me tell you, I go to my, the, the, there's like two grocery stores. There's like basically like my utility grocery store and then my fancy schmancy grocery store. I stocked up on quarantine snacks at the fancy schmancy grocery store. So I've got some gluten-free crackers. I've got gluten-free bread. Living in Brooklyn while you can't eat gluten is not a problem. But also being super stressed out and not being able to eat bread is a nightmare. I just want to eat a cake. Um, and you know what? If the world really is ending, which, you know, I don't want to panic anyone. There's gluten-free cake. I don't want to. No, I'm going to eat a cake. If, 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 I, if it seems like things are getting worse, that's going to be my last meal. I just hope the world ends before I have time to get a tummy ache. Yeah. But yeah, it's a little bit of a cruel trick of the world that right when i need it most i can't like eat a muffin but you can just that is comforting but like uh, you know it's not Not your favorite let's be real it's not as good but and like i just want like a comfort bowl of pasta but whatever i'm buying i have i'm glad it's pasta and thank god you're figuring out what's wrong exactly so yeah i mean it's a lady issue if you have issues similar to mine ask your doctor I'm this figuring is all it out. anecdotal. We are not At medical all, professionals, but yes. these we just we're sharing our personal experience. Exactly, and in fact, I don't know that much about it yet. I'm going to be learning as I go, and I will share with you guys what I learn. But yes, always consult your doctor. All right. Well, I also have a medical story for you this week. So, Exciting. in the mornings when Rilo wakes up, we bring him into bed. He has his little milk, and we all cuddle and read books. And he's been really into thermometers lately, and wanting we have an ear thermometer. Um, I couldn't find the ear thermometer, so I was like, here's the underarm thermometer you can play with. Well, he <laughs> takes the underarm thermometer, which are those like little $5 long sticky ones, and almost immediately jams it <gasps> into my ear. What, I go, what precision. Ow! Ow! What great t- dexterity he and must have that he I got s- it in that little hole. So I scream, and he's horrified. I'm like, I'm like, oh, baby, it's not your fault. That's mommy's fault. Mommy shouldn't have given this to you <laughs> or let you come near my ear. I love you. But ow. So then my ear hurt so bad. I feel like Lena Dunham in that episode of Girls oh where she God. sticks a Q-tip too far in her ear. I go in, and I kind of like just like dab a little Q-tip just to be like, well, is there blood? There's blood in my ear. Then my nose starts bleeding. I'm like, oh. this is bad. I should probably go to City MD. So I go to City MD, and luckily this is all before coronavirus took hold. Um, this is like a few weeks ago, and so I don't have to wait too long. And uh, I tell him, I go, my my baby stuck a thermometer 
in my ear. I want to make sure I'm not going to be deaf. I've been bleeding in my ear and no, I can't hear very well. And it feels like my ear is plugged up. Oh my God. So they look and they go, okay, it looks like your eardrum is not punctured, but it is full of blood. Oh, <laughs> and, uh, that's and, good. And I want to, I want you to go to an ENT just to let's like, make sure everything's okay. So I'm like, great. So I go to an ENT a couple days later. The guy looks in my ear. He says, so you're about like, I don't know, like a millimeter, like a centimeter, whatever, whichever is smaller. <laughs> he shows me with his fingers. This is how far you were from puncturing your eardrum. And then, you know, this is not good. You could have been deaf if it would have hit at a certain angle. But you're okay. He just scratched the inside of your ear, and that's why it's full of blood. The blood should come out on its own. I don't need to remove it myself. I'm like, this is great news. Uh, thank you. I'm glad I won't be deaf. He also checked my hearing. Sometimes I get like ringing in my ear. Ooh. He checked my hearing. He said, your hearing's fine. I was like, he's like, you're just, you know, getting older. Yeah. <laughs> as we it get happens. old, he's like, as we get older, uh, your hearing drops and you live in New York and the subway and, and loud noises. It's not good for your hearing. I'm like, great. Uh, but then I'm thinking, well, I have an ENT in front of me. I've never met with an ENT before. <laughs> ear, nose and throat doctor for those who don't know. Right. I'm going to ask him every question I possibly can. I'm like, so anything else I should be doing for maintenance of my ears or my nose or my throat? <laughs> this week is not just about relationship maintenance. It's nope. about ENT maintenance. Exactly. It's called relationship maintenance episode. Your he's relationship like, with like, your ear nose. He's like, no, you're not having any problems. Like, you're doing great. I'm like, should I be getting like the wax out of my ear? Like, I don't know. How do you take care of your ears? No one's taught me. They say not to use a Q-tip, which is, I don't know what to I, do. I still do it after I, I get out of the shower too. just to kind of get the water out. Me too. Um, I don't jam it too much. No, no, I just no. do and a then, light swab. Yeah. And he's like, you, he's like, I looked in your ears. You don't have a lot of wax. <laughs> um, some people have really waxy ears and they need to. You don't. And the wax is actually there to prevent water from going into your ear and like giving you an ear infection when you're in the shower or you go swimming. So just like leave the wax in there. Um, I'm like, okay, good to know. Then I'm like, actually, I have a question about my husband. Oh. He snores. It's been a big problem in our relationship. He's like, there's been a couple times where he's woken me up at night and I've like literally hit him with a pillow or been like, <laughs> like you're snoring, you woke me up. Um, he's like, send him to me. So, I, so I'm like, okay. I've tried to get Nick to go to a doctor for a long time. Uh, he goes, Nick and I are so similar. He goes, there's a lot of things that you can do that are not surgical. I'm like, I don't want him to have surgery. I'm not trying to do that. He's like, just send him to me. There's a lot of things we can do even just here in the office. I'm like, okay, who can I get him to go to this doctor? And the doctor's in Brooklyn, really close by, 10-minute walk, which is good because getting Nick to like go into the city would have been a whole thing. So I say, oh, I tell Nick about my appointment. I'm not going to be deaf. This is great. My ear's just full of blood. <laughs> um... But, you know, I was just talking to the doctor and, like, going to mention your snoring. And he said there's lots of things he can do that don't involve surgery. Like, would you consider going to see him? Miracle of miracles, Nick says yes. I'll just cut to the chase because this is becoming a longer story than I realized. This is a really big week for me and Nick overcoming our doctor fears. Yes. I've been trying for 10 years to get Nick to go to the doctor for his snoring. Finally, Rilo sticks a thermometer in, her, in my ear <laughs> and that somehow leads to Nick going. Everything happens for a reason. So he goes, he looks at Nick. Basically, he says, first he takes a giant ball of wax out of Nick's ear. Oh, nice. I'm sure Nick will That's be just a little bonus. Really happy that I told that part of the story. <laughs> and, then, um, and then he says, you know, do those nose strips work? And Nick's like, yeah. And he's like, so we can, if those work, but they fall off, you know, we can like basically put one permanently in your nose what but it will change the shape of your nose 
That and sounds I, like surgery. And I, that was probably a surgery. <laughs> and I go, we're not fucking doing that, Nick. You're hot. And I want to keep <laughs> your nose how it is. I don't care if you, uh, if how you quickly wake me up. You change your mind. <laughs> and once I found out I was going to change the shape of my hot husband's nose, I said, forget it. We're not doing it. <laughs> I'll buy earplugs. And he, they basically also said it doesn't always work. So I was like, nope, leave your perfect nose alone. I'm so, sure Nick has never been happier to be hot. On that note, we're going to take a quick sponsor break and then we're going to jump into what's in the news. You've been in quarantine. Maybe you were one of those people that instead of watching Tiger King and staring at your toes, you actually have been getting a lot of stuff done and good for you. Maybe you've been thinking about starting a small business. It might seem like a crazy time to do that, but you know what? Sometimes the best ideas happen when you have a lot of time to yourself. Or maybe you already have a small business and you just need to consolidate things. Um, Crazy times for everybody. But HoneyBook, it's going to be your go-to. As a creative business owner, you know how to make clients look good, but who is helping you look good? With HoneyBook, you can take on the day knowing everything is in one place so you stay organized and always look professional. All right, so let me tell you about HoneyBook. HoneyBook is an online business management tool that organizes client communications, bookings, contracts, and invoices all in one place. Basically, they deal with all the annoying stuff that stops a lot of people from from creating a company or a business or their passion. It's perfect for freelancers, entrepreneurs, small business owners that want to consolidate services they already use like QuickBooks, Google Suite, Excel, and MailChimp. With HoneyBook, you can automate your busy work. They have easy-to-use templates for emails, proposals, brochures, and invoices. They also have e-signatures and built-in automation to save you time and get you paid faster. Simplify your to-do list. Stay in control with HoneyBook. So maybe you already have a company and things are just crazy and you maybe have had to pivot your company and maybe you just need a little support. So check out HoneyBook. I think they're an awesome service. Um, And one day when I start my cool dog dog shop that I've always dreamed of, I will be using HoneyBook. Right now, HoneyBook's offering our listeners 50% off when you visit honeybook.com slash single. Payment is flexible and this promotion applies whether you pay monthly or annually. Go to honeybook.com slash single for 50% off your first year. That's honeybook.com slash single. All right, Angela, what have you been reading in the news? I was reading Elite Daily. I was reading Elite Daily because I have Google Alerts set in our phone for this is why you're single and they wrote about us. Yay. Thank you, Elite Daily. We love you. Yes. So, And I think one of the people that told them about us or that wrote. Or, yes, I believe Hannah Ornstein. Yes. Our former, former guest. Yes, on the podcast. She emailed us to tell us. So thank you, Hannah. Yeah. I love you. Um, so the the title was The Dating Podcast You Should Listen To Based on Your Zodiac Sign. And we all know Angela loves horoscopes. I sure do when they are in my favor. So this is by Corinne Sullivan. And obviously I skipped right ahead to see which horoscope vibes the best with This Is Why You're Single. And according to Corinne... She says that it is Aries. Um, I don't know a ton of Aries. Aries, Tell us what they say about us. If you don't know, Aries is born between March 21st and April 19th. And they say, Aries don't beat around the bush. And since very few things bother this confident sign, they can handle more than a little tough love. Authors Laura Lane and Angela Sparrow's podcast, This Is Why You're Single, is never afraid to tell it like it is. And each episode confronts hard truths about dating in the digital age. Laura and Angela's advice is real, practical, and to the point, which tends to be exactly what an Aries is looking for in their life. I'd be curious to know if our listeners agree with that. Yeah. um, So tell me. That's what I. 
I'm a Virgo. What are they? And you are too. I am as well. So let's just, we're not going to read every single horoscope for what podcast, but maybe let's talk about the, we love our fellow dating podcast. So maybe let's say what other podcasts are mentioned and then read our own horoscope. Sure. But I do want to just say that I, when I read this, I posted about it on Instagram and I said the only Aries I've ever met was my first boyfriend who tied his flip-flops together with shoelaces and broke up with me over AIM. And one of our listeners responded to me and she was just like, that sounds so chaotic. <laughs> and I was like, oh, you have no idea. You have no idea. Um, but uh, I'm sure other Aries are great. Yes. So for Virgos like you and I, they recommend 51 first dates. Uh, Virgo, if you don't know, was born between August 23rd and September 22nd. Um, 51 first dates. They say Virgos tend to be pragmatic, goal-oriented individuals. So they'll likely find some inspiration in Kimmy Foskett and Lisa Liza Renzuel's podcast, 51 First Dates. They are, it's a former elite daily writer, uh, Kimmy is, and she says, came up with the concept for the series after she was challenged by her therapist to go on 100 first dates. Wow, I want to see that therapist. Um, Though she decided to just go with 51 because 100 is, you know, a lot. In each episode, she and her bestie Liza break down her most recent date, but totally anonymous, anonymously and with no meanness, which will likely earn a kind-hearted Virgo's approval. All right. I love it. What other um, of our fellow dating podcasts are mentioned? So, of course, they gave a shout out to um, our f- uh, fellow headgummer, Nicole Byer. She we love her. Nicole Byer. Love Nicole Byer. Her show is called Why Won't You Date Me? She's so funny. She's everything. Um, this is recommended if you are an Aquarius because Aquarians tend to be wacky, funny, and decidedly not touchy-feely, which is why comedian no- Nicole Byer's hilarious podcast, Why Won't You Date Me, is perfect for this sign. Yeah. Love it. And then they also mentioned Dateable, which I've never heard of, but, but check them out. Committed, mm-hmm. another podcast, Girls Gotta Eat. Modern Love, which I love because that's yeah. like the New York Times um, uh, column. It's I a, just watched the TV oh, adaptation. Yeah, they have a, yeah, they're doing everything now. Mm-hmm. And Angela and I interviewed Daniel Jones, who's the writer or the editor of the Modern Love column for the New York Times. We interviewed him for a cause, an article we wrote in Cosmopolitan yes, a while did. back. And I loved his book, too. Uh, you Up is, I guess, Betches Media is one. Mm-hmm. But uh, I haven't heard of them. Um, but I don't know. And then we met at Acme. Have you heard of that one? I have not. Yeah. But that one is for Libras. And then Savage Lovecast, which of course Dan Savage. Dan Savage. Very yep. famous. Sorry, you run through the others. I take, I'm taking over your article. <laughs> no, that's fine. We're both very enthusiastic about both dating podcasts and astrology. So, yeah. um, yeah, Savage Lovecast for our Scorpio friends, sex loving Scorpios. Um, Sagittarians, they recommend the, the podcast Kinda Dating, which is from Meltdown Comics. They say Sagittarians are commitment phobes, so they would enjoy this one. Um, Capricorns, listen to Deeper Dating. I haven't heard of that one either. Me either, but they say no-nonsense Capricorn, Capricorns are the traditionalists, so dating is often about getting a ring and not having a fling, and that's what this show is about. Yeah, sometimes we get emails from people asking, like, what other dating podcasts do you recommend? And there's a bunch of on here that, that maybe they're great. I haven't heard of all of them, but but uh, Dan Savage is like OG um, Modern Love is just beautiful stories. So I highly, highly recommend them. And then, of course, we love Nicole Byers. So those are the ones that I can like personally vouch for. Yeah. But always fun to check out something new. So absolutely. Check them all, out. 
Uh, you want to know what I've been reading? Yeah. I've been reading Science of Us from New York Magazine. This is a beginner's guide to couples therapy written Great. by Charlotte Cowles. So a lot of therapists now with the coronavirus, they're doing therapy either like on the phone or they're doing it um, like they can like you can like teleconference in. Yeah. Um, there's like some there's like a certain video app that you can use that's like HIPAA approved, I guess. Oh, really? Yeah. I just got this email from my my therapy office that using something that is HIPAA approved would not have really even occurred to me I would have been like let's just FaceTime yeah yeah I know um that and honestly that's what I do with my therapist and then like this this couple therapist that we like used to see that we don't see anymore and they message and they were like you can use zoom a HIPAA yes. compliant teleconferencing portal and I was like mm, my therapist just wants to use FaceTime like is zoom. that are we like not being like HIPAA compliant I don't know well, whatever. Zoom has been being used for like everything right like yeah. meetings whatever good for zoom their, their business is booming along with Purell. Uh, and then Angela and I also recommend Talkspace. They they yes. sponsor the podcast, but but that's also great because you can like text and like and um and talk on the phone. And if you don't, if you now might not be the time you want to you know be going into offices and like meeting yeah. with people. And I get that, but it's also an anxiety ridden time, or maybe your relationship suffering a little bit. This episode's all about relationship maintenance and things you can do to maintain it, especially during times of high anxiety like a global pandemic and when you maybe are both working from home or you're just dealing with crises differently, this might be a good time. So this article says that ideally you want to find a therapist when you're not in a real crisis, but that's <laughs> kind of like how you're supposed to establish a relationship with a great doctor before you get sick. It's nice in theory, but we all get busy, but you should at least consider it. So even if things are okay with you right now, you might have a little extra time on your hands with you're not commuting and you're working from home. So maybe you're like, you know what? We got a lot of time. We've been watching a lot of shows, reading some books, um, taking some time to ourselves, but maybe let's, let's look into couples therapy. So it might be a good time. How to find a therapist. This is the hardest part they admit prepared to dedicate some time they say a couple weeks or even a couple months I don't know I'm, I wouldn't do that but I would maybe try like three people and pick one of the three <laughs> I tried one and then didn't like them and now we're not going anymore but right maybe eventually I'll try another person but it's hard enough back. to like get the ball rolling it's like, hard to get the ball well, rolling because you can always yeah stop going if, if it doesn't work out but you, you just want to like remember I told you the story a few, like a bunch of episodes ago about like so I just totally ghosted our couple therapist sometimes you have to that's how it ended but you know what nick was like we're paying like 175 dollars for this person like we don't owe them anything i was like god bless you nick like sometimes he <laughs> like sometimes i want i'm like i don't want anyone to hate me i don't want to be rude but he's like this isn't a real relation which i disagree i think like we owed a response to to our couple's therapist yes. but and i i wrote her i said hey we're not going to go for a while like we're, i said we're taking a break and then she kept emailing me being like i don't think I think we need to meet one more time before we take a break. But, and I'm like, we've only met you three times. Like, we, it's not like we were meeting you for five years. And then right. I all of a sudden was like, I want to take a break. And you want a meeting of closure. It's like, girlfriend, we've met you maybe. Okay, maybe we went five times. But still, it wasn't like we were going for even a year. And right. then we needed a closure meeting. And I said, like, I really can't right now. It's crazy time. I'm launching my book. Obviously, that all went to shit when coronavirus <laughs> canceled all of our events. But... But yeah, it, but I, I tried to take a break and then she just wouldn't. She was like, what about this day? What about this day? And I was like, I don't want to pay $175 to tell you why I want to stop going. Like, right. fuck that. Right. So anyways, and, if, and also, if you're spending that money, you want to feel good about the sessions and, and pick a person you vibe with. So. Yeah. So I ended up just ghosting. And like, if we decide to go back again, I think I just will try to find someone else. Like, she was really nice, but it just wasn't a fit for me. And, and so we ghosted her. 
I mean, I didn't ghost. I said, yes. we're not going to go anymore. And, she, and would, she didn't take the hint. She didn't, not even the hint. Like she just like kept pushing. And so eventually I was There's like, There's a I'm dating just, lesson in here as I'm well. I'm not writing back to you. Like leave me alone. Anyway, so they basically they say you got to try a couple people, which I agree with. The, there's all different common types of couples therapy. So the three most common and established approaches are called, which you guys can look up. I'm not going to go into it all for you, but it's called the Gottman method. Um, and that became famous by Dr. John Gottman's famous book, The Seven Principles of Making Marriage Work. I'll tell you the very, very simple gist. The basic idea is that unresolved conflicts are a given norm and most couples learn to manage them through positive communication rather than through criticism, contempt, defensiveness, and stonewalling. Um, then there's a type called EFT. This is, I think, what my therapist really used. Um, that's called, uh, so that was popularized by someone named Sue Johnson, the author of Hold Me Tight. She like was going to try to make us read this book. It focuses uh-huh. on the idea that couples must establish an attachment bond, a feeling of emotional safety with each other. And then there's the Imago relationship theory that ther- therapy that was developed by Harville Hendricks and Helen LaKelly Hunt. They happen to be married to each other and their philosophy is outlined in the book, Getting the Love You Want. And it hinges on the idea that most people pursue familiar relationships. So people that remind us of our early caregivers for better yeah. or for worse. So you want to ask what what type they follow and maybe like maybe a good start is to check out those books and see which one you're vibing with. Right. So ask if they have a specialty, why they chose it. Um, there's also you, things you should be aware of. There's no free trials. So couples therapy is also expensive. It can be $90 to $250 and up. So that's why it might be useful to look into like some of the therapy apps that are a little cheaper than that. Um, but if you can afford to go in person, that's always maybe a little better. But yeah. To be honest with everything going on right now, I feel very compelled to seek out couples therapy. Not even because Ian and I are having issues, but because we're having uh, stressful things happening. Absolutely. That, like, Your wedding. Orbiting our relationship. And I just feel like I want someone to talk to and I, I want him to be there because it affects him. Like sometimes, yeah, it does. It would be helpful. It's definitely not something. I think people always kind of feel weird about couples therapy. They feel like it's a sign that their relationship isn't working or whatever. But just the way it's not like your brain isn't broken. If you're a single alone person going to solo therapy, no. it doesn't mean there's anything wrong with you. Same thing. doesn't mean there's anything wrong with your relationship. Sometimes you just need some help. So I, we first started going to couples therapy when I was struggling with um, like my fertility stuff. And I just found out that I, after I had my miscarriage and I was really depressed and I said, I really want to go to someone. I think it'd be helpful if you came with me. So kind of like what you're going through, like it's not a crisis with you guys necessarily, but it's a crisis you're going through and you want him there. Yeah. So yeah. And if one person isn't sold on therapy, I think it's a good way to approach the person is by explaining like, it's not about us. Like I'm glad I have you, but I'm going through something and I kind of just want your support to come with me. Yeah. Um, yeah. All right. So we hope that's helpful. Maybe it's a good time to consider. It's all has to do with our theme of this week, which is relationship maintenance. Now we're going to jump into the mailbox, but first let's take a quick sponsor break. All right. What's in the mailbox? Okay. First up, we have uh, an email from an anonymous listener with the subject line, seeking a medium for a ghost. Let me be clear. That subject line is very misleading. (laughs) She means like like the way Laura ghosted her therapist, that kind of ghost. Yeah. Um, So she says, hi, ladies, I adore your show and would love some best friend advice on a recent development in my life. I am 28 year old woman from Michigan. A couple years ago, I experienced some major life setbacks and I have spent 
the last two years happily single while focusing on getting my life back together. Then in October, I attended a friend's wedding and met a guy who was funny, kind, really smart, and super fine. Smiley face. Um, The only catch is that he lives in Asia for his job. Despite the distance, we stayed in contact, and eventually he asked me to spend the week before Christmas with him in Paris. The trip wasn't perfect. I am naturally self-conscious and felt like an idiot the entire time, but on top of that, I have had a really hard time being myself around guys since ending an abusive four-year relationship. Nonetheless, I ended up having a really fun time and felt like we were able to connect a little bit toward the end. We were texting almost every day after the trip, and he was very sweet and complimentary. Then, three weeks ago, he kind of disappeared. He hasn't exactly ghosted. He sent me a couple of random messages and has liked my social media posts, but there have been no conversations beyond that. I also sent him a message on Valentine's Day saying, Hi, just wanted to say that you're really funny and smart and wildly handsome, and you're also an excellent kisser, winky face. Hope you're having a great Valentine's Day. He did not respond. I know that the distance makes any future with him uncertain, but I had really been hoping to pursue this on some level. He just got a promotion, moved to a new city, and has been traveling for work on top of that, so he might just be busy, but am I kidding myself by thinking that he might reappear? Did I say something wrong in that note? Please help. So you didn't say anything wrong. That was a really cute message. It was really flirty. It was cute. You went to Paris with this guy. You did absolutely nothing wrong. I think this is just the case of this guy who's either maybe started dating somebody else or he's too busy or he just always thought that this was kind of like a, I don't know, like a fun distraction and he's not taking it as seriously as you are and he's definitely not, he definitely doesn't seem like he wants to pursue it anymore, but I wouldn't put any of the, of the, the, I wouldn't blame yourself is what I'm trying to say. You have done absolutely nothing wrong and it's kind of a bummer. I hate when people ghost, but he just doesn't know how to deal with conflict. He doesn't know how to tell you the truth, which is one of the examples that I gave that he's too busy, that he's dating somebody else. He became more serious with it, that he just didn't feel the spark you felt, whatever it is. Uh, anybody with with some uh, good manners w- would just tell you what's up instead of being yeah. a dick and just not responding to like a really sweet, cute, flirty text like that. Especially after you like flew to another country to spend time with him. He owes you the courtesy of at least a text, probably a phone call, but at least a text. And because you say in your email that you are like a self-conscious person, which a lot of us are, you're blaming yourself. You're like thinking you're analyzing everything you did. You're looking for what you did wrong. But you have not done anything wrong. It's clearly just a matter of like two different circumstances not aligning. Um, you sending that text was not only not the wrong thing to do, it was like very brave of you. So you should be proud of yourself for doing that. But him not responding should be your answer. This guy just sucks. Yeah. So forget about this guy. He's not looking for what you're looking for. But don't let it change what you're doing moving forward. Keep up those cute flirty texts because – if you ever bump into him, you will never feel stupid. You didn't say anything stupid. You didn't yeah. say anything. I mean, don't, don't or keep mean. them up with him. Like, stop messaging him. Yeah, don't message him after this for sure. Yeah, but, but right. with other people, keep being flirty. All right, what else we got? <laughs> okay, next, this is from our listener Erica. And Erica writes In case you ever do an episode about terrible dating profiles, does this guy really think this is attracting anyone? 
So we don't need to be doing an episode about it to read it because it's so funny. We decided to read it on our relationship maintenance episode. So tell us about this profile. Okay. So uh, the guy's name is Aaron. He's 34. I don't know if we should say that, but whatever. There's a million 34-year-old Aarons out there. Yeah. Um, so his bio is... Exci- oh, and also, I think you can say his job. Maybe not where, but... His okay. Uh, he, he works in HR, which is hilarious given his inability at, to at a national, professionally. At National Park Service. At, a national, at the National Park Service, correct. So his bio is, excited to trade three messages and ghost each other, smiley face. I have an accent. It's my Kentucky heritage, which I assume is Kansas and Kentucky. Um, if you have been to Bonnaroo, I will assume you have hairy orifices, pits, and crotch odor. If you don't like Big Red, then fuck you. My name is Aaron, and I urge you never to go to Tijuana. This guy sounds like a racist, misogynistic asshole. And, like, he says where he lives. He says the state. It would be really easy to, like, report him to HR at National Park Services. You'd be reporting him to himself. To himself, but I'm sure he hopefully is a boss. So at the beginning, I was thinking, oh, this is cute. What's her, why is she worried about this? Like, excited to trade three messages and ghost each other. I don't love that. I don't think it's funny. But hopefully he's being sarcastic. I have an accent. It's my Kentucky heritage. I'm on board. And then is where and then the next line is where it starts to get bad. Talking about like hairy people's crotch odors. People's crotch odors. Like, what is wrong with this guy? Like, okay, you don't like people that go to Bonnaroo? I don't really get that joke. And why people should never go to Tijuana. What is wrong with you? Yeah. I he sounds like a racist misogynist. I um I love a little self-deprecation and I'm even sort of a negative person so I don't mind a little good-natured negativity but this is the perfect example of like wow way to not open in a positive way like you're like straight up being like just insulting people for no not even people that have done anything wrong just people that you don't like their body hair and you're like talking about women's smelly crotches and that's you have a tiny little space to tell the world about yourself on a dating and this app, is what you care and about. this is what you're using it for not the best use of uh your space, your space or my time aaron aaron from kentucky hair your kentucky your kentucky hair. heritage all right thanks for sending that in erica uh if any of you listeners have any questions or if you have any messages or profiles like this one email us at contact at this is why show.com please be concise a paragraph or less you can also find all of our contact info on our website this is why show.com now let's dive into our reason of the week this week's reason is relationship maintenance. If you got a good thing going, make sure you maintain it. Just don't assume everything's going to stay the same. Your fridge breaks down. Cars break down. Things are not a constant. People evolve. They grow. And you need to make sure you're reconnecting and growing together. There's going to be moments of disconnect. Of course, I've definitely gone through those. Like even week to week sometimes I just feel yeah. like disconnected. Like I don't know. I was really upset when my parents were leaving to go home uh, because the coronavirus was happening. I just wanted my mom and dad around and Nick was like, saw me like in a ball of tears as they walked out the door with their suitcases. And he was like, had his arms reached out. And I was like, no, I don't want you. Oh, but that's great. That I he, was I thought so you were going to say he wasn't there for you, but he was trying to be there. He for was you. trying. I just like felt disconnected. And I was like, I don't, I can't right now. So I was being a bitch, but I was not being, I was not connecting. I was not connecting. So I was doing what you should not do. Um, 
I should have just said like, thank you, but I just need some space right now. Well, this is what happens when you're in a long-term relationship though and you live together. Like they're going to see the absolute worst side of you at some point, which will make you perhaps feel disconnected for a period of time. And that's why it's so important to like not just like totally, you know, people talk about not letting yourself go physically, but Fuck that, though. Fuck that. But de- but emotionally, it is important not to totally let yourself go. And, you know, if you do, you're, we're all going to have a moment of being unhinged. But then you and have then to apologize. come back and, yeah, be like. And say, sorry, it had nothing to do with you. I was just I was just really upset and just needed some space. I should have just said that to you. And then in terms of not letting yourself go physically, like, you should just want to maintain your health for yourself. but right. Never for another person. Never for another person. Okay. So there's going to be moments of disconnect. Don't fret. It's not the end. Just make sure you do some check-ins. And we have a few ideas. Yes. So there's the idea of Sunday check-in. My therapist, my couple's therapist a long time ago actually recommended this and said, like, you guys should just do Sunday check-ins because it's hard to bring things up when things are good. You don't want to rock the boat. And if you're in a fight, that is not the time to bring up everything that's on your mind. So just check in on Sundays. We don't do this, but we should. (laughs) I do. I feel like not officially, but like Sunday mornings are usually the only time when Ian and I have to like kind of sit down and eat breakfast together at the table and we just sort of talk about our weeks and inevitably the conversation sort of meanders over to our relationship. Oh, that's nice. But yeah. Good for you. Yeah. If that's too much for you, monthly check-ins. Um, we talked about couples therapy earlier. That's always great. It's especially great to do that before things get bad. Um, a hundred percent. It's a lot easier to like fix a little small bump or to like maintain something or make it even better yeah. or like, you know, evolve together to the next deeper stage of your relationship than it is to like fix things. And then, uh, regular date nights. You know, I, uh, I have a babysitter that comes late every Thursday. Probably not gonna be doing that right now, <laughs> but, um, you go up to the roof. Yeah, we could go up to the roof, I guess. But regular, regular date nights are, are good yeah. when you're not in a pandemic. Well, that's the thing is I think like when you have no distractions, no TV, no phone around and you're just like looking at each other and, and no friends around. It's just the two of you. You kind of like you're going to talk about your relationship anyway. It's, it's hopefully I don't know. I feel like actually that's when we don't is because that right. becomes like so we get into such a rut and or not a rut, but we get into such a routine is what I meant to say. And we'll be like, oh, let's just like watch a TV show. Let's watch a movie. And you kind of avoid what's in front of you. But that's what I mean is why you got to get rid of like the distractions of TV. Like sit at a table, like put your phone in the other room and just stare at each other. (laughs) And on that note, (laughs) it's time for our Reason of the Week breakdown. (laughs) If you can grow together, you can keep up the maintenance. And keep up the maintenance, you can grow... Let me try this again. If you can grow together and keep up the maintenance, then you can grow old together, just like you've dreamed of, if that's your thing. This reminded me of the song Growing Old With You from that movie with Adam Sandler and Drew Barrymore, The Wedding Singer. Oh, my God. I knew you would love this one. I'm going to see if Angela remembers the song in a game called Guess the Lyric. I didn't really... I, you know what? It's a pandemic right now. It's hard for me to come up with creative game, And you know what? It's very names. instructive. I know what I'll be doing in this game. Great. And I've seen this movie a million times, so I'm so excited to test my knowledge. You better get this. I want So make... many slumber parties in the 90s watching this. Fantastic. <laughs> I want to make you smile whenever you're sad. Carry you around when your blank is bad. When your back is bad? <gasps> when, you're, wait, oh, when your arthri- arthritis is bad. When your arthritis is bad. <laughs> Yes. Sorry, I needed a minute. Oh, my God. Okay, great. All I want to do is grow old with you. I'll get your medicine when your tummy aches. Build you a fire if your blank breaks. Furnace. Oh, my God. You're so good at this. (laughs) 
Oh, it could be so nice growing old with you. I'll miss you, kiss you, give you my blank when you're cold. Miss you, can't give you my coat. That sort of just made sense. I don't know if I actually remembered that. Need, this is, okay. Need you, feed you, even let you hold the blank. Remote control. Love so that line. Let me do the dishes in our kitchen. Sink. Put you to bed when you've had too, too much. much to drink. <laughs> oh, I could be the man who grows old with you. I want to grow old with you. Yeah. Wow. Love that game. Oh, my God. Angela, you killed it. Thank you. you I watch a lot of TV. Thank you. Thank you. The E! Channel has been replaying oh The Wedding God. Singer a lot lately. You watch that movie too much. I know. It's, you know. Not all of Adam Sandler's movies are great, but that's a good one. We hope we have cleared up this week's reasoning because that is it for this week's This Is Why You're Single podcast. Check out our book. It's available on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, and our audiobook on Audible. Just look up This Is Why You're Single. You can also find my new book, Cinderella and the Glass Ceiling and other feminist fairy tales on all of those places too. If you need a good laugh, it will make you laugh hard. Totally. Yes, it will. And uh, some other stuff that will make you happy. Getting hooked up with discounts from all of our sponsors. For a full list of sponsors and the codes, check out our podcast page on thisiswhyoursingleshow.com. We are also on social, so you can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Your Single Show. Please like and subscribe on iTunes. And thank you for listening. Tune in next week for a whole new show. Bye. Bye. This is why you're single. This is why you're single. That was a headgum podcast.